When your mission is beyond missionary, step up your game with Liberator. Their collection of transformable sex furniture and sex toy mounts will put you in sexual positions you never thought were possible. Use promo code MANHOR and save 40% off the best-selling wedge ramp combo at liberator.com. The Manhor Podcast is sponsored by Alt Playground. APG is more than just a place to find couples to swap with. Alt Playground is a lifestyle community for all non-monogamous and sexually adventurous people to connect and share. And you know I started a profile. Join me over at altplayground.net. That's A-L-T playground.net. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Shout out to all those little Lotharios, the voluptuous vixens, and all them non-binary nymphs. This is Billy Presida, and you're listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Ooh, I was so... So nervous about getting non-binary nymphs correct, but we did it. What's up, everybody? How you doing? Are you horny? How's that libido doing right now during this strange time that feels like both quarantine and not quarantine, depending, you know, what jurisdiction you live in? Let me tell you something. I'm not. Not very horny. Might be might be weird to hear that from the guy who hosts something called a man whore podcast. Man and whore, two things that are supposed to be endlessly horny. Yet I'm not. And my girlfriend's not a big fan of that, but I mean, you know, she's supportive and she's not pushy. Just I'm sure she would like to be getting dicked down a little bit more than she is. And I would like to be giving that to her. And yet, not that horny. I don't really know what the factor is. I don't know if it's like the despair of the state of our country. I don't know if it's my my relationship to this new body that I'm in that feels both strong and heavy. Uh, I don't know if it's the the incidentally monogamous lifestyle I've been leading, which I know is like super controversial for people listening to this pod uh, to be like, what? He's only having sex with like one person? Whoa, that's like... That's so perverted and deviant because it deviates from our norm. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel like one of the monos out there, you know, kind of for the mer- most part. Uh, I've had opportunities and I just don't really have the drive to pursue them. Like I I, because it's not that I don't want to come. It's like I just don't feel like I have the human energy juice to connect with a new person in a semi-meaningful way enough to put my dick in them. And that's a very strange feeling to have. But as I'm told, it's uh, it's valid. And it's valid for any sluts listening right now who aren't feeling super horny and are freaked out by it. It's okay. It will probably come back to us when things feel moderately more normal. I do enjoy sex with my girlfriend, and we are doing that. And that's, you know, I pounced on her uh, the other morning, and she she very much enjoyed. But my overall, like, libido levels are quite, quite down. 
I, geez, I, I, I go on Reddit and I'll be seeing some really hot scenes or posts where I'm like, ooh, I'm a great fit for that. That's normally really hot. And yet my junk's not moving at all. <laughs> like I look at it, I go like, that would be fun if I gave half a shit right now. And I don't. I just don't. How low has my libido been? My asshole has like shrunk down to like normal straight guy who's afraid of doing butt stuff like level of elasticity. I'm not even at like my like taking the medium butt plug used to be a breeze and now quite the struggle. What's wrong with me and my butthole? And trust me, it's been eagerly offered, uh, but like I haven't even wanted to have my butthole licked and I can't remember when. Gosh, I hope I'm not over rim jobs. I hope this is just a weird phase. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with it, people. So, last week, Franklin Vo, part one. This is part two. I uh, I got some pretty visceral reactions to last week's episode. Uh, glad I did. I'm, I'm, I'm always interested in what y'all think about my guests on this, this program. Um, I'm going to start off with a couple comments that came out in... Uh, the Champagne Room. The Champagne Room is a members-only secret Facebook group for my Patreon supporters. Um, this first one comment comes from Margie. She wrote, I was pretty shocked when the drama about Franklin came out. More Than Two was such an influential book for me. After reading the testimonies from his former partners, it was pretty clear that this was a legitimate issue. There was too much overlap in the stories for it to all be fake. Listening to this interview just solidified it for me. He just focused on Eve and completely ignored every time he brought up his other partners who shared similar stories. I was really disappointed to hear him dodge all responsibility. Uh, Josh, uh, Josh shared, I honestly just kept thinking that this must have been a really difficult interview. I know you weren't going for a gotcha type of interview, and that's not what the show was about. But at the same time, he was so evasive with his answers that it was even frustrating for me as a listener. It was riveting, though, like getting a glimpse into the mind of a sociopath. It's probably not fair of me to say that about him, but it was a very different interview. And that is how his candor struck me. Uh, this next email comes from a listener. And I'm just going to go and read it because you'll understand why they want to be known as from a listener. Quote unquote, from a listener. If you quote anything on the next episode, just because I'm afraid of him being a goddamn megalomaniac and coming after people. Sheesh. I think he's a sociopath 100%. He makes any situation to be someone else's fault, even though he admits he did things wrong. It's always because someone else did something to him to make him do those things. Or maybe there's some other mental illness there, like narcissistic personality disorder. But I'm not someone who's going to make a diagnosis because, well, I can't. He's a shark. 100% would avoid it at all costs. I know there would be people who might criticize you for giving him a platform. But honestly, put this shit head on loudspeaker so that people stay the fuck away from him and know better. You handled yourself well. I'm not sure how you didn't kick him in the balls. Well, uh, you know, I, you know, f listener, I am not in the business usually of uh, physically assaulting my guests, especially when that guest uh, has just opened up and shared with me that he truly believes that he is the victim of some kind of um, physical violence from his uh, from his past partner Eve. 
and y'all can drag me for this if you want to. I do sincerely believe that, like, because I saw, I sat across from this guy for over two hours, and like, I could, I got to witness these like physical, visceral reactions. Franklin, if you're listening, I really hope you don't weaponize that and use that to manipulate further. And if you manipulated me, congrats. But like, I truly believe that something has gone down between him and Eve that is not on the up and up on her side either. And the way he would talk about the abuse, which he also talks about in this part two during this, this latter half of the, of our conversation, I believe she's probably struck the dude in some fashion, but I don't know if that's like repeated closed fists, pummeling, throwing shit at him, or if it's like one time she slapped him in the face and he deserved it. Cause Hey, sometimes we deserve a slap in the face. Eh. But he's the type of guy who seems like he would take that one slap and, and make it a big thing. Or maybe he really is a victim of Eve's. We don't know. And that's why I want to like avoid a lot of the he said, she said, and allow them to tell their stories about each other off my platform, you know? Especially when I don't have both of them present. And that's a lot of the reason why I want to kind of take Eve out of it. Because like Eve aside, there's multiple other women here that he doesn't seem to want to talk about. And, well, gosh, I want to talk about them. And uh, and this final email that I'm going to read uh, comes from not one of his past partners, but we're just going to say uh, someone who is very familiar with this entire situation. Um, and her name, uh, I'm just going to call her Katie. And the subject line was, wow, dot, 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 that interview. Katie writes, hi, Billy. I have to say that after listening to Franklin live for an hour, I'm actually physically ill. One of the things that it's uh, difficult to catch when you're not deeply familiar with the testimonies and the backstory is the way that Franklin uses the experiences and stories of the women he's had relationships with, but flips them around and pretends he was victimized in the way he actually abused others. She wrote in parentheses, Darvo. I don't know what Darvo means. Uh, It's a weird thing that certain abusive quote-unquote, male feminist cult figures do. And it sounds so plausible because the stories are, quote-unquote, real. They just aren't theirs. She continues, but I think you did a good job as an interviewer and I thought you were really trying to get to the truth by pressing him on the testimony of all the women. Eve's testimony aside. Which he kept trying to avoid engaging with. I also was impressed that you kept pushing him on his, you know, is there a conspiracy or not nonsense. I look forward to the next episode. So, you know, uh, and there were some other uh, responses about it, too. And I appreciate everyone who, who wrote in and said some things. And if you want to, uh, you know, share your, your comments, your questions, your criticisms, uh, you can also send your titties. Dick havers, you can send your dicks, but you got to write Man Whore Podcast on it first. You can send any and all of that on over to manwhorepod at gmail.com. And let's do the fan whore appreciation moment to cleanse the palate. Hey! This is the part of the podcast where I like to thank some of the members of my fan whore community on Patreon. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Peter Ulin. Peter watched me uh, get my hair cut uh, when I was streaming it in uh, live on in the champagne room. Oh gosh, when that beard came off, just he he did like the barber shaved the whole of my face until he got to the edge, and so the entire beard is just hanging off my face. And when he finally got clipped that last part, it just it it was like the Berlin Wall falling, but off my face. And instead of uniting a country, it just exposed my beautiful bare face to the world again. 
So, Peter, hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> Thanks for being a member. And I want to give a shout out to Darren. Uh, Darren, all the way out in Australia. Gosh, can we trade presidents? Because, like, that might be cool. Presidents, am I thinking of New Zealand? Ah, uh, New Zealand. That's I want New Zealand's president. At least for, like, a month. Can we borrow her? She seems cool. And she seems like she takes shit seriously. But, hey, you know, uh, Darren, Australia, very cool as well. And thanks for supporting the pod. You too can become a member and join us in the champagne room for as little as $2. All you got to do is head on over to patreon.com slash podcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash podcast. Uh, okay, Franklin Vaux part two. Who's ready for it? You know, it, it, it was alluded to in a lot of the emails and responses uh, to, to part one. But yeah, the tone of his answers are just like very defensive. And there are a lot of opportunities. And I feel like I laid him up some softballs. I really just tried to find ways to phrase things that he could that allowed him to just take some responsibility for some things that I feel like could have been progress. But instead, it was just like. Very, very defensive, very much deflecting. I mean, you know, I this guy could read me a physics textbook and it would sound defensive. One of the things that really stood out to me that made, you know, that made me think was that he really is seems uncomfortable accepting the responsibility of being a polyamorous influencer, of being an authority. He doesn't seem to want the responsibility that comes with it. Yeah, at the same time, I mean... <laughs> There is something there that I think he kind of, just a little bit, at least, enjoys it. It's very similar to when I joke about, like, I'm just a comedian with a fuck show. I'm like, I recognize that, although I am just a comedian with a fuck show, there's, like, a little responsibility I have to accept. If I want to continue doing the show like this, if I want to continue asking y'all to pay me for my work, if I want to continue, you know, enjoying some of the fruits of that labor. And to hear, so he seems to want to abdicate the responsibility, but like he also doesn't. And that really stood out to me. So I don't know. It's up to you to decide what you think about Franklin, what you think about all this situation. I do think if you want to really deep dive into this, you should read Luisa's um, website over at polyamory-me2.com. And um, I also do think you should read some of Franklin's writing too. But for most of you, you probably are just going to form your opinion based on, uh, you know, the, the roughly two hours of conversation I've put out there. So let's go wrap it up. Let's let you get the other half of this chat with the co-author of More Than Two, Franklin Vo. What was your like dating life like in, uh, you know, in like high school, college? I didn't. I did not lose my virginity until I was 19. I did not date anybody in high school. Uh, I dated Same. a couple of people in college. Um, I want to say two, three, three people in college. And Celeste being one of them. Uh huh. I was curious where your your parents they 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 stay together or? Oh yeah, oh yeah. My parents just celebrated their sixtieth wedding anniversary. Um, Either last week or next week. I don't remember which. I'm curious, like, where the, where the instability was in your life. There never was any. Um, I've always had a very stable life. 
I would not describe my life as inst- unstable at all. I don't know. I was just curious if the if the if the want for stability came from something that was. Oh, unst- I see more, what you mean. I mean, look, because reading about you, like I said, it read like you always had a lot of partners. I was like, oh man, popular guy. And then they'd be like, he's very charismatic. I was like, I can't wait to meet him. Then I want to. <laughs> I want to know where. I want to yeah. see. I want to experience the charisma that gets all these partners. But I was like. Something, something, dude. I'm a goofy-looking middle-aged you guy. You are a goofy-looking middle-aged guy. I'm glad you said it. <laughs> then I can just agree with you. No, it's but like, there's something where someone has all these partners. I go. It makes me think about the why because I have to think about that with me. I have to think like, okay, why am I opening Tinder right now? Like, am I doing this because I'm looking to date a new person? Am I just horny? Want to fuck somebody tonight? Um, why do I? Why am I horny? Am I actually horny? Want to fuck someone, or do I want to fuck someone because I need someone to call me pretty today? Why do I need that? Did, did, did I get on the scale this morning and set a number I didn't like? What's going on with me that I need all of this? I do not believe that non-monogamy is like a symptom of stuff. I do think that sometimes when I'm seeking out um, extra people, I have to ask myself why before I'm proceeding. That's how I've been learning to try to be mm-hmm. healthier in my dating life. I, I was I was curious. I was curious well, about all the partners. If you look at Because there are also a lot yeah. of them are all long distance, which made me yeah. go like, okay, so what? You get one, you, you guys declare yourself sweeties, and then she goes home and you see each other once a year? Well, a lot of partners I've had didn't start off as long distance, but then one of us moved, and mm-hmm. so they became long distance. But if you look back at the very start of my romantic and dating life, like way back when I was 19, I usually will take a new partner about, I want to say maybe every six years or so, maybe every seven years, Mm. sometimes less often than that, actually. So it's not like, you know, there's a constant revolving door. Um, I don't do casual sex. Okay. So just, just for my, cause I'm just trying to do math in my head. So, and and I'm not, I didn't want to like focus too much on the survivor pod, but just there, the, didn't would you consider except for the i guess the the pet lesbians would the rest would everyone in that survivor pod did you con, do you consider them having been past partners um i actually stopped reading the stories after i hit one that was uh, that i thought was absolutely positively 100% false from begin to end and so i was just like you know what this is just this is ridiculous okay and how are how are the the partners now i mean you have a I don't want to say how they're going. Obviously, they're going well if they're still dating you through all that shit. I mean, that's that's a bond, right? I mean, that like how how did all this affect the relationships you were in? Um, <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> one of the complaints that was made about me is Franklin isolates his partners from each other. He doesn't want them to talk to each other. Mm-hmm. My current partners laughed about that. They actually talk to each other on their own Facebook Messenger. They're there was some hilarity when they saw that claim do you i mean do you think that could be true for you in the 90s 2000s nope okay nope not at all and in fact uh while i was with my ex-wife one of our rules that we had was that she had to know and like anybody that i dated uh ex-wife celeste right ex-wife celeste yes i'm just keeping track here like i said you're a popular guy sometimes it's hard to keep track of all the different cows man i mean well i mean but with the celeste thing you know you know i gotta say that calling women cows not not cool cows did you say cows Gals. Gals. Okay. Gals. I'm sorry. Ooh, I cows. completely misheard you. Oh, man. Wow. I would yeah, I'd get I canceled like, all over wow. again. But what but what about there was a story about Celeste, like you and the someone who went by Amber wanted to go to Boston and 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 the, you go to Celeste the way that it was portrayed by both Celeste and Amber in the in the testimonials are like 
he kind of just came to me. He's like, we're going to go to Boston. Come if you want. And I'm like, isn't that your wife? That's not the way I remember it. Okay. That may be the way they remember it now. That is not the way I remember so it. So what does it say to you that two people, who, neither of whom are Eve, remember, I'm trying my yeah, best. I, no, trying, I get it. I'm trying my best to remove her from it, acknowledging that there's shit we all don't know about. But it's like, what does it say that two women remember something very similarly and you remember very differently? Amber has the stories that I do not believe are true are Amber's stories. So And so I look at those and I'm like, you know, that really isn't the way I remember it. But then if Celeste says a similar thing too. Mm-hmm. So it is totally possible that my memory is wrong. Mm-hmm. I w- that's why I say it didn't happen that way. I guess why I asked before, we didn't really get to go too much into, but it's like, how did all of this stuff affect your current relationships? Mm. And it's, um, I have been trying not to rely a whole lot on my partners. Um, obviously, f- to some extent I am. Uh, they have been very, very supportive. Um, several of my partners were there for many of the things that are alleged to have happened and also don't see it quite the way that perhaps it's being portrayed, but that's, um, that's okay. I've been more looking to people like my therapist and my pod. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is that I want to rely on people who are outside of the situation because that way I feel like I can get a clearer idea about what's happening. And I'll like, tell you this, I spoke, in a I relationship, spoke to Elizabeth and, I, and uh, her, her thing of all the things I read, her seemed the most reasonable. Dr. Elizabeth Sheff, her seemed the most reasonable thing. She seemed to, her, her point of view seemed to be, would I date this guy? No. This guy seems like he probably has some pr- shitty patterns of behavior in his dating life but is he a monster no is he someone is he an abuser no um that that was i i took a similar take worst case scenario in my mind was he's the worst boyfriend you could have without being a criminal i mean did you not notice like things going wrong consistently uh i noticed that not all of my relationships survived uh i noticed that a lot of them that failed failed because i either didn't step up and uh, wasn't an active part of the relationship Mm. or um, sometimes made poor choices, choosing to date two monogamous people at the same time. I don't know what I was thinking there. Um, But yeah, I mean, absolutely. So what I have taken forward from this is I need to be a lot more transparent in all of my relationships with a lot of my, with all of my partners. uh, And I need to be more conscious about who I choose as a partner and how I relate with them. Mm-hmm. I need to be better at setting boundaries. And this is another thing that I'm going through with my um, my therapist because one of the biggest problems I think that led to the relationship between even I being as toxic as it was, was the fact that I am very poor at setting boundaries and she's very poor at respecting them. Um, do you think so, you're also poor at respecting boundaries? No, I do not. Uh, and I'll give you an example. The first night that I spent the night overnight with Eve, um, while I was asleep, she got up and she dug through all of my stuff, my my suitcase. It's very interesting you go there because you say he's bad at respecting boundaries. I respond with the question, do you think you're you you're you struggle with respecting boundaries? You say no. Let me give you an example, and then the example no. is how she doesn't respect boundaries it, and i, I it, well it's it would not, be helpful I'm just if i could like it's a it's something i'm noticing it would be helpful if i could actually finish that example okay so and this is this is one of the things that i've talked about with my therapist okay. now this is a boundary violation and a person with good boundaries would say this is a boundary violation why did you do this mm. i didn't do that 
I didn't do that because I am shitty at setting boundaries. Mm -hmm. I didn't recognize a boundary violation when it was done to me. Mm -hmm. On the other side of that same coin, though, I am almost pathologically averse to crossing somebody's boundaries to the point where I won't follow up even if somebody doesn't explicitly set a boundary. Like, I feel very uncomfortable um, questioning people, pushing people, probing people. Like, Mm -hmm. I won't even go so far as to ask, so where were you last night if somebody uh, said, oh, yeah, I'll see you, you know, last night and then didn't show. Mm. I am so afraid of violating somebody's boundaries that I don't even ask questions like that. I, I'm going to put words in your mouth for a second because it just seems it sounds like what you've been describing a lot, but standing up for oneself. Does that sound? I am shitty at right. standing up so for myself. Do you yes, think that's you fair. don't do that if, for fear of upsetting the other person they yes. leave? Mm-hmm. Not for setting the other, upsetting the other person and they leave, but for being a person who does a lot of things that I find toxic. So in 1992, I was dating. As we age, our bodies are changing. Certain parts need more support than they used to. Other areas are getting a little sore or faster. And that's why it's important to make sex more comfortable. And that's where Liberator comes in. Liberator has been making fuck furniture to make sex more comfortable, more pleasurable, and last longer for decades. Their best-selling wedge ramp combo gets you in the right positions just a little easier, just a little bit more comfortable, which means you're ready to be in that position longer and harder. And you can get 40% off Liberator's wedge ramp combo when you use promo code MANHOR at liberator.com. Or you can click the link at the top of the notes to go right to the product. Again, 40% off their best-selling wedge ramp combo with promo code MANHOR. Or you can just browse around liberator.com and upgrade your sex life today. A uh, woman who I call in uh, Ruby in my, um, my memoir. Mm-hmm. And she started dating a friend of mine and I became extremely jealous. It was the first time in my life I'd ever dealt with jealousy. And it sucked. And I didn't recognize it for what it was. I didn't realize that I was being jealous. Mm-hmm. And so what I did was I kept going through everything that we would do at night. Like I would go through the entire day, every night, looking for things that she was doing wrong, things that I could accuse her of, things that I could say, see, this is this thing that you're doing to me that's hurting me. How dare you harm me? How dare you do this to me? And naturally, she broke up with me because she was a reasonable human being. And that's what reasonable human beings do when they're treated that way. And then it took me a couple of years to step back and say, holy shit, I was completely in the wrong there. I fucked up a perfectly good, healthy relationship because I was jealous and that jealousy inspired me to blame her for harming me when the thing that was actually harming me was my own jealousy. I never want to do that again. I never want to be that person again. And so I will step away from doing anything that even looks remotely like that. I will not stand up for myself just because I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that person who is accusatory. I don't want to be that person who's controlling. I don't want to be that person who's possessive. And so I don't step up. Were you this passive of a, like of a kid? 
Um, I, that's a good question. I actually don't know. I didn't have a lot of friends as a kid until I hit high school. So like in middle school, there were eight people, including me in my class. And it was the biggest class that school had ever seen in like a decade. Kids. Eight. The town had fuck town did you live in venango nebraska there were 242 people there uh when did you finally find like yourself socially man oh high school school? Uh, so my parents moved from venango to um florida and i went from a town of 242 people to a high school that had like a thousand kids in it it was like holy shit culture shock and all of a sudden, there were other people who liked computers and didn't like football. There's almost and an it's excitement. Like, it's like, oh, I might find shit. my people here. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, and so in high school, I was suddenly a lot more social. Mm. But in middle school, I was like, there are eight kids in my class, including me and seven of them, which is all of the people who are not me, don't like me because I don't play sports ball. So yeah. So high school was when I actually started becoming social. What was your first relationship? Like you're, um, you're, you're, you're Franklin Bowie, the fucking poly guy. Yeah. My Wait, first relationship first... was actually with Celeste. Really? Yes. She was the first person I ever dated. And you know, at the time I actually truly believed that nobody else in the world wasn't monogamous. I believed that I would never, ever, ever meet somebody who wasn't monogamous. There was no language for it. There was no word for it. There was certainly no, no such thing as a polyamorous group or anything like that. How did you know you weren't monogamous when there wasn't the language for it? Because when I was in middle school, and I actually talk about this in my memoir too. Um, We're talking about had, Game Changer, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, when I was in middle school, my English teacher, Mrs. Newth, God bless her, um, would read stories to the class. And she read this story, and I don't even remember what the story was called, that was about this princess, and she was being wooed by two princes, and she had to choose one. And this was like this big thing in this story. And I was like, castles are big. There's room for all three of them there. Why does she have to choose? So I never... I, I, I was never like, oh, yeah, I'm going to find somebody who's all mine, 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 and they're all going to be mine and just mine. And they're, you know, we're going to go off and live ha- happily ever after. I was never like that. When did you first discover the concept of non-monogamy and that there are other people out there like that? 1996. What'd you read? Um, I was writing on the internet and somebody sent me an email and said, hey, did you know that there is a polyamory support group in Tampa? right by you. And I was like, there's a what? What? A poly, huh? What is this? <laughs> right? Yeah. And I had the word polyamory then. I found the word polyamory in 1992. So I knew there were other people who were like me, but they were like, oh yeah, there's a polyamory support group. And I was like, a who, what? Uh-huh. There's other, there are other ones. And you know, honestly- how, how did it feel to finally- Go hear that there's a group here. There are others. It was amazing. And I went, uh, actually Celeste and I both went and, uh, Celeste was like, I don't know about all these weirdos, but I was like, wow, oh my God, these are like, you know, tribe of my people. How'd you pitch it to her? Because like, you know, she's monogamous at the time. She was monogamous at the time, but she was also still having other lovers. So she had other lovers all through our relationship. And that's the the weird thing. And I believe, you know, you say, oh yeah, you met your, somebody who was a swinger. If I was into casual sex, if I would have been a swinger, Celeste and I might still be together. Uh-huh. Because she was always down with the yeah, let's have sex with other people. She was non-monogamous. She wasn't polyamorous. Yeah, it was always the okay. I don't want you to fall in love. In fact, for the first couple of years of our relationship, we had a rule: you're not allowed to fall in love. <laughs> when it when it happened, um, I botched it. I was like, 
okay, so I'm in love. I've just broken the rule. What, what should now? I do? Yeah. I'll go out to lunch with the person I've fallen in love with and Celeste and tell Celeste that I've fallen in love. You did that in front of you. That you was did in front of bed. Was it Elaine? Uh, or that, a different no, person? that's a different person. Okay, so you brought the new love to lunch with your current wife who said, don't fall in love. And, and you, said, I fell in love. Yes. With this woman right next to or across from you. Yes. And, you know, you look at that now and I'm like, wow, that was really profoundly stupid and more yeah. than a little bit insensitive. I'm glad you recognize that part because I I also agree that would be a bit, quite a bit unfair. Yes. And that is not something that I will ever, ever, ever do again. Mm. But again, at the same time, I also will never agree to a rule on what I'm allowed to feel or not feel again. Sure, yeah. And, and, and like I said, I like to think, I'd like to give her the benefit of that when she says don't fall in love, she truly means I don't want you loving other people. So if you do fall in love with someone, please break it off entirely so that it's no longer the threat. You know, you you know, because sometimes people simplify the language and stuff. But that, yeah, I mean, that's an early one. That's such like a common one where people open yep. up relationships reluctantly. They're like... The love is the thing that makes the relationship secure and they don't want it threatened by sharing it. Yep. When um when did you realize that you were no longer some dude named Franklin Vaux on Live Journal that you were Franklin Vaux? I know you don't believe you put yourself in that position. And I'll be like, Yeah, sure. You were just a guy posting. But at some point, you other people perceive you as Franklin Vo and not just uh, Tacit. Was that your username? Tacit, yeah. yeah, whatever. So w- when did when did you realize people had you on some sort of pedestal, even if it was just for advice stuff? Mm, interesting question. I've always really struggled to accept that because that's not how I see myself. And I hate probably about the time that I started dating Eve, I think. And I should have realized it sooner. That's like uh, late 2000s, like 2010, something like that, right? Okay. Yeah. And I really should have realized it sooner. I think I should have realized it when uh, my ex in Chicago told me, you know, if I knew that you were famous before we started dating, I wouldn't have dated you. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm famous? Come on, man. Really? I don't think of myself as famous. No, I no, no. But is it, is it that you don't? Look, I don't, one, I'm all, I am definitively not famous, but there I have people who call me famous I know what they mean, but I'm like, that's also wrong. But there's got to be a part of you. Like, look, tens of millions, whatever it is, like at some point, you, you it really so, took that <laughs> long for you to accept. Yes. Like, and my uh, my Portland partner calls me demi-famous. Okay, but how about influential? Do you think that would have that been more fair word? I think that's fair. I don't like it, but I think it's fair. Do you not like, do you not like the... Do you not like think of yourself as influential or do you not believe that you were influential? I don't like the idea that people see me that way. What I would prefer is if people find useful things in what I say, then they use them. And if they don't, then they don't. And at what point does that become, hey, I'm just a guy giving some advice to like, I am a sphere of influence. I like. The, I, I guess t- as soon as a critical number of people start believing that the things that you have to say are interesting. And I have no idea what that critical number of people is, but. Do do you, would you give yourself any advice back then? Um, you know, if Franklin Vo, late nineties, early two thousands, is discovering Live Journal, starts giving this advice stuff, and you start seeing people are digging what you're saying. Would you go back now to that time period and give yourself some advice? Oh yeah, tons of advice. Yeah, like what? Uh, set better boundaries. 
Uh, Not just in your relationships, but also with people who you are talking to and interacting with online. We'll say, Um, we'll use the term fans very loosely. Fans very loosely. Never flirt with a fan. Never, um, always be cautious about people who see you as somebody who is influential and want to date you because of that or people who see the things that you've written and assume that they know who you are. Um, be very cautious about the way you interact with people who only you only interact with online or at conventions and conferences or whatever, because they are real people. Remember that they are real people. Remember to treat them compassionately. Um, don't sit there behind a keyboard and go off on people. That's really not okay. That's not cool at all. Um, Remember that people have experiences that are different from yours, and that's cool. Remember that people don't have as much experience as you do, and don't make assumptions about what they're capable of. And this is something that actually my um, Portland partner has talked to me about since all this shit happened. She said, you have a problem. You assume that people are stronger than they are. You assume that people are more capable than they are, so you don't always take good care of me because you don't see the places where I might be weak. I do. I do. Now, that's something I definitely agree with, and I could see through all the writings, including the writings you would do on LiveJournal long before, you know, there were testimonial stuff out there, because I could see, like, uh, someone would say, like, I am, I'm feeling insecure, like, this way, and I've read your words, so I... When I'm paraphrasing, I'm confident how I'm paraphrasing and that it would be basically, well, don't be insecure or that's silly. Like you shouldn't feel this way. I've always to- tried not to tell people how to feel, but, I've, but, I've but you did do hard but, not I, to do that. And I, but, and, I, and I'm telling you this as the, uh, an objective third party who was just trying to read what was going down because I'm always skeptical of everybody. I'm, I'm skeptical of fucking everybody until they show me stuff. So if they say, Franken said this and that, I'd be like, all right, can we see some receipts type of stuff? I'm a fan of receipts. And I read the stuff. And you were telling them in these posts how to feel. And I and I was trying to think, like, what would make a grown man talk to 15, 16, 17-year-old girls that way on the live journal? And I, what I thought was he's left-braining it so hard he's forgetting about the humanity and the humanities where a lot of the weaknesses are so i believe you thought everyone is capable of just being confident and that is something that i'm very conscious of now is that you know if you look at anything that i've written recently mm. very careful not to tell people don't feel this i'm surprised um, you're will, you're answering any advice right now you know what, what I, mean? I will do is i will say is the thing that you're feeling helpful to you and if not, is it something that you want to change? And if you do want to change, are there tools you can use to get there? Which is a very different thing from don't feel this way. Did you question whether or not you should still give advice? Of course um, I did. And I stopped giving advice for a while. Yeah. Uh, at least while. on relationships. Because Louis C.K. thought he went away for a while. And we were like, dude, it was like a few months. <laughs> and then, um, yeah. And then I, people said, hey, uh, people started actually asking me questions again. And I'm like, well... If people find value in the things that I have to say, hmm. cool. But if do they you, don't, sure. Cool. But do you think that they? If, do you think they were all aware of what was going on? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. You, what, Absolutely. What makes you think that? It's been all over Quora. Okay. And there's nobody. I don't think there's anybody left in the world at this point who is not aware of what's going on. 
I in mean, you'd world? have to in the world. Well, anybody, not, not, anybody I, I who has heard of me has heard of this. Let's put it that way. That's that's more fair because hey, from one not famous person to another, hey man, I've had <laughs> a lot of people be like, "Who?" When I've said, "Huh, oh, I'm gonna talk to this guy, Franklin Vaughn." Like, yeah, what? yeah. Anybody who's aware more than of me how is many? aware of what's going on. <laughs> that's that's a fairer way to put it. And you think everyone on Quora is aware of what's oh, going yeah. on? Yeah, um, there was somebody who actually, and this is still an ongoing thing. Yeah, the um, impersonator? The impersonator yeah, yeah, yeah. on Quora, yes. I was relieved that that didn't become a big fight, that it seems like the other side, again, we're removing Eve from everything, um, that mostly the other side uh, believes that there was someone impersonating stuff. That's the what I've gathered. And I was very relieved that that didn't have to be its own separate fight. That was yes, ridiculous. there is uh, somebody who is impersonating me. Um, in fact, two weeks ago, uh, somebody set up an account impersonating me on Quora, and in a span of less than two hours, posted 580 links yeah. to Eve's page. So yes, people on Quora know. Yeah. Um, you you were giving you were sharing some tips you would give yourself at the moment of realization that you have become an influential figure. Uh, we left off on the you know uh, don't assume people are stronger than they are. Uh, w- was there anything else that you wanted to add to that? I didn't yeah, don't date off. fans. Don't date fans. Don't date fans. Don't flirt with people. Um, there's a thing. There's actually a word for this. It's called parasociality, uh, and it's a psychological term, and it means the feeling that somebody has when they read a person's writing, or they see a person in a movie, or they read a book by a person, yeah. and assume that they know that person. Yeah. But that to that person. You're just a complete stranger. I mean, dude, so it's a one-sided I, dude, I, intimacy. I over I overshare my life on the internet for the last six years. I a hundred percent get that. Yes, the amount of people who go like, I just feel like I know everything about you. Personally, for me, it's a relief because if a fan, if a listener is like, "Hey, you know, I'm in New York City. Can we grab? It? Can I buy you a drink?" I'll be like, "Sure," and then I can just sit there and listen because I'm like. There's nothing I should have to say here. You know all of it. You heard the show. Uh, I can just sit there and like ask them questions to get them uh-huh. to them. So and me, when you meet somebody I, with a, for a drink, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that person then wants to date you, that's a little fucked up. More than two is 2014, 2015, right? Something like that. 2014. 2014. Do you believe you've always practiced what you preached in that book? I believe that I have always tried to. I don't believe that I've always succeeded. I do fall short. Um, I believe that that book is a pretty good representation of what I try to be. Is there anything in that book that you would change right now if you had to do an update? Mm, That's a really sore spot because Eve has been doing updates behind my back and she actually did an update just to slam her ex-girlfriend. So no, I don't think that's that's kind of updating is cool, and I'm really sensitive about wanting to update it. Um, is the wait? There's a new version available somewhere right now. Uh, yes, there are new printings that are coming out all the time because the printings keep sell- selling out, okay. and you can look at different printings. You can look at the copyright page and see what the printing number is. Okay. There's a strip along the bottom that says ten nine eight seven six five four three whatever. Sure, sure, sure. If can... it goes down to one, that's the first printing. If it goes, if it ends at two, that's the second printing. That's, that's what those fucking numbers. That's mean? what those numbers mean. Yes, they that's the printing. Uh, they don't always start with ten. Sorry. If the if the publisher thinks that it's going to be really popular, they might start with fifteen. Right. So they well, often whatever the start last with 10. number is, that's the print number. Whatever the last number is, fuck. Yeah, because you I, can use the plates and you just mask off the number when I you do the next those printing. Numbers were nonsense, man. You just blew my mind. <laughs> um, so if you look at the different printing numbers, you will see changes, and some is, of those changes are made 
as using more than two as a place to attack Eve's ex-girlfriend. And she hasn't needed your permission to make and reprint those changes? That is a really interesting legal question that is not yet resolved, and it's something that I'm in conversation with my lawyer about. Um, just for my – because that because this is a that's a very tangible thing. Is there um, – do you happen to know like a chapter title that – if I went to go – if I went down to um, Powell's right now and and, go, and I could find a, a more recent printing, I would assume maybe a 2019 yeah. or 2018. So find print. a printing now and find a first printing and go to – it's somewhere around page 96. It might actually be on page 96. Something there's like a, that. There's a story that says Eve's story. And in okay. Eve's story – and it's actually walled off with a little line – it's a story about her ex-girlfriend who she's called Kira. And she added four words to that story just to slam her ex. Um, in the first printing, um, these words are not there. But in the second printing, or in starting in, I think, the fifth printing, um, it says, uh, whose upbringing was British. And the reason that she did that was that after she broke up um, with Eve, went on to Facebook and she talked about uh, how she had grown up. She's Middle Eastern. Uh, how she had grown up and how growing up in uh, the Middle East and specifically in Saudi Arabia uh, affected the way that she does relationships sure. and communicates. And Eve was so mad about that. And she was like, you know, she went to a British school while she was growing up in Saudi Arabia. So, damn it, she's British. I'm going to put in the book that she's British. I mean – as someone who does roast battles from time to time, I will say that's the lamest slam on a next she, one could do. The, there, there was, um, I actually talked to my therapist about this. There's an implication there that is really, really toxic. And that is, I can't bear that a person who is not like a white Westerner accused me of abusing them and then talked in public about how cultural differences express themselves in relationships, because that makes me look like I'm insensitive to cultural differences. I'm going to make sure the world knows that that's not the case. Like I said, whose upbringing was, I, I was, I was so excited for a better slam. It, like I said, cause it's, it's it, not a good slam, but it's but, but there it, just to discredit a Facebook post. She changed the book to discredit a Facebook post. But you know, if, if you're, if anyone, you know, like I said, someone goes to pals right now and buys yeah, nobody, two, nobody would not, ever notice so that. Then is it, is it even really a slam? It's aimed at a specific person with the intent of discrediting and undermining that person's story. I would call that a slam. And, and it's you know not her aimed, intent how, because she said it. When she made that change, she was very explicit about this. She this told was, you, she, said, hey, she I'm told add me this in the book. Correct. And, uh, fuck. So I'm going to add this in the book. Correct. She said that in person or she said, she that? said that to me in person. Yes. Okay. My qu original question had a lot more to do with advice, strategy and tips on polyamory. Mm -hmm. Is there anything in that book you would change now? Advice, strategies, and tips of polyamory. Yes, I would put more in there about how to assert boundaries because that's something I'm really weak at. And that has gotten me into trouble. Is there anything in that book you feel like uh, can be weaponized um, to for someone who wants to be more manipulative or abusive? There is nothing that you can say that cannot be weaponized. What was the? There's a quote about that, and it was from some German dude about – what was the quote? Something like, give me two sentences by the most honest of man and I will find something in those two sentences to hang him. 
I don't know there's, that quote, anyway, but I believe you. <laughs> there is a quote about that. Yes. If you write a 150,000 word book, there will be something in there that somebody can weaponize. There will okay. be something in there that somebody can manipulate. But is there I anything in particular it. in the book that you think is, is, is uh, maybe more um, apt for that? Um, the sections on communication, I've been told, have been weaponized by people. Like, mm. what we tried to do was we tried to say, here are ways for you to communicate authentically and with integrity with other people. And we've been told that people say, see that this book says, this is how you should communicate with me instead of how I should communicate with you. So they actually use the things in the book as you need to do this because more than two says rather than I can make my relationships better if I do this. Mm -hmm. And that's where that weaponization and manipulation comes from is when you start seeing the advice in the book is not, these are things that maybe can help me, but these are things that I'm going to demand that you do. Mm. You know, I was curious when you, when you emailed me back agreeing to do the show, because I honestly, I, I hit you up as a, as a long shot. But I was like, I'm on a road trip. I'm going to be in Portland. Why not ask uh, this if, there, if there was a time? Why, why did you agree to speak with me today? Because it is, I finally reached the point where my lawyer says that it's unlikely that Eve is going to settle. And Eve has tried very hard to silence me. And one of the things that she did when she put her pod together was she said, I don't want you to speak to anybody in public about any of this unless you run it through my pod first. And this is classic silencing behavior. And this is the same thing that she did to her ex-girlfriend. You know, she's trying to silence me. And I finally decided that I'm not going to be silenced anymore, that I'm going to tell my story. And why not just do a blog post? And I'm going to do that as well. Right. Were you already planning to do something oh, like yeah. that? Yeah. Or were you sitting there mm -hmm. waiting for my email? No, I was not waiting for your email. In fact, I'd already started uh, working on that. And then uh, you emailed mm -hmm. as right when I was making that decision that I'm not going to be silent anymore. Mm -hmm. And um, so you hit me at just exactly the right moment in time. Mm -hmm. Like two weeks earlier, I probably would have declined. Okay. I still think that uh, if, you, if you and Eve were not like the people who wrote the New Testament of the Poly Bible, Oh, I don't God, think God, the new Testament. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I say it, dude. Uh, hate when yep, say well, that. that's that, but you know what? Great power. Look, people, I jokingly will say I'm just a comedian with a fuck show, but I do have to recognize that, um, my oversharing online has, uh, apparently resonated with some people and helped some people. Yep. I like to think that most of the help people have gotten have been actually from the guests because again, I'm a fake smart person. I'm just a comic. Uh, I like to think I bring on people who have who have shared better things and taught better things. Um, but there is a responsibility at yeah. the end of the day. Like you there are, is. you I are, an, you that. are an influence in the world of polyamory, whether you want to be or not. If you want to not be, if you truly didn't want to be an influence anymore, you'd stop giving advice on Live Journal. You'd stop giving advice on Cora. If you because you know that the reason why you were kind of put on this pedestal is because of your. The, of the posts. So if you truly wanted to not be in that limelight, you'd stop doing that. And I, I'm not saying I'm not begrudging mm. you for doing it. That's fine if you want to be. But like, let's at least let's at least acknowledge and accept what it is. Like, there's a part of I, you at yes. least that likes being I, on that pedestal. I don't actually like being on the pedestal. I like interacting with people, and I don't post on 
yeah, online because a thousand or a million people read me. I post mm. because I enjoy doing it. But and people look it, at me and they're like, "Oh, you're so full of shit when you say that." No, actually, if I had ten readers, I'd still post the same amount. You could make a new account, not be Franklin Vo, and do the same thing. And what and then you and then I you haven't. wouldn't be put. I don't know. Th- I don't know that. But it's like you you could do that. And there then are not places be on where the- I post that I am not Franklin Vo. Mm. You know. So I mean, I, well, I that, this not- is not my only. There, I do not have just a footprint in the poly world. And actually, I talk about a lot of other things that are unrelated to polyamory. Mm-hmm. And more and more lately, in fact, I am building new communities completely outside of polyamory. Do you see yourself um, taking a step back from the role, whether you want it or not, that you have in poly? Do you see yourself taking a step back oh, from yeah. all that? Yeah, absolutely. I have not um, tried to do any poly conferences. I have not attended any poly conferences. I've I mean, have they been hitting you up? <laughs> not, I mean, no, um, actually, no offense. You would like, be surprised. I would be surprised. Yes. Um, I got into a Twitter fight and I got canceled for panels four years later. So it's <laughs> yes, but you would be surprised. There are still people who are hitting me up for poly stuff. Um, I am tending to decline those. I am taking a step back from all of that stuff. Um, what, what so are, yeah, is there is, just, I'm I, curiosity. Is there? Can you name? A no, I am not going to conference? name any of the. No, I am not going to name uh, any of the people. Would but you, uh, okay, would, would you would you name one off mic if I no. just wanted to check and and fa- just to fact check? No, I am not going to name any of the people. I'm not going to drag anybody into this. I don't. I don't want to drag so. nobody. I was just curious if I if I were to but, if um, I were to hit someone, I'd be like. Off the record, all that. Hey, did you guys ask Franklin to do the thing? I, you know, I'd, I'd be. But curious. anyway, yes. So the answer to your question is yes. Okay. How does it make you feel to to start taking a step? Well, back? you know, honestly, it's a little shitty to have somebody um, strip you of the community that you helped to build, and that actually, I think, is with her intent. Like you still have but... the community. It means you have people who do not like you. Yeah. But there's still clearly from your own mission, like plenty of people on Quora. There's these conferences. Mm-hmm. There's still people who want your opinion who want your voice it's, you still have community so yes i don't have nearly as much as i used to but yes i do still have community mm-hmm. so then so then how does it feel to be potentially taking that step back because i think I, I don't i don't want it to be phrased as eve took away community if you still have community i think that's a little disingenuous okay yes that is correct um it feels a little shitty it feels appropriate right now and um it feels like something i need to do I would agree with that. I think, I think that would be good for a lot of people, including you. Hmm. When you said, uh, "Hey, I'm, I'm taking," I got this. Could be oh, that scheduling thing that might be tricky. I got an exam for grad graduate school. Right? Um, or, yeah, I'm finishing my degree. I thought that was great. I genuinely, sincerely read that. I was like, "Good for Franklin." That seems like a good productive thing. He's finding this other place that, that you were already had knowledge on from what I've heard and stuff, but that like that you were potentially seeking another path that you find valuable and interesting where you can still provide value to people. And, oh yeah. I've always and, done and that. Work and, and I've do been stuff. doing that nonstop. Right. And- it's, it's just, it seemed like a, a good self-improvement thing to do that was completely unrelated to this world. And I thought that was a productive thing. So I was, I, you know, I was, I was pleased to, to hear that. Um, frankly, and, Without trying to go with, okay, I want to slam Eve for X, Y, and Z. Because like I said, I'm trying to do my best this whole thing. I spent nine hours in a car thinking. I don't think Eve, I don't think that he said, she said of him and Eve actually matters because there's so much more to, to go on. So besides that, is there anything else that um, while you're here on, Mike, that you, you want to share? 
Well, you know, you say besides that, and I know it's I know it's mm. like you know besides besides uh you know how besides was the, play? the fact that I am an abuse survivor, <laughs> yes, and it no, is it is a tricky world we're in where it's like you and Eve are kind of accusing each other of very similar things, and if it was just that, if it was just Eve making a blog post and everyone rallying around her, I'd be a so much more skeptical of all of it, right? I sincerely as, as someone who has been on that side of things who has lost friends that I thought were friends who was banned from parties. I was excited to one day go to, to to someone who's like lost things and friends because of what a partner put on Facebook and everyone decided to believe them instead of even asking me any questions. I, I would totally appreciate if that was a situation. If we didn't have what, at least a half dozen, like, like about a half dozen women sharing fairly full testimonials of 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 their stories that have overlapping similar patterns of behavior i would totally be on board with like hey man this seems like it's not fair and i would like to hear your side of a story but i'm not interested in the what's between you and eve for the same reasons i tell my parents don't tell me about shit with money i don't want to hear that you've paid her this and she wants more i want to hear that dad didn't cut you this check I don't want to hear that stuff. Mm-hmm. The only the the main re- and again, if you didn't co-write the fucking poly book, I would probably be not interested in speaking with you today. Because I'd be like, well, that's just some guy who's got some relationship drama I don't want to hear about. But there are all these other women involved too, mm-hmm. and so that's and that's where my interest came in. I, would I was it like, change? What I got a question for you now. Please. Would it change your uh, impression of all of these other women have all of these stories? Mm-hmm. To know that somebody was paid to trawl through 20 years of my online life to send messages to basically every woman who has ever interacted with me, even if the only interaction was she commented once on my blog. Are we talking about Louisa? Yes. Now, the the payment thing is interesting because this isn't the first time you've brought up people were paid, which I wasn't going to bring up. But if you want to bring that up, there was... You you at one point also separate from uh, Louisa. You at one point suggested that the women sharing their stories were paid. Yeah. Do you and still that, believe that that's I true? I don't believe that that's true. But okay. if I may finish, I just want to make um, I want to clarify that. No, I believe so. Eve actually talked on a blog about or on a. Uh, uh, I didn't listen to it, but I think Don Sarah's podcast or something like Sex yeah. Gets Real or whatever. Yeah, talked about you know I've spent ten thousand dollars getting these stories. Um. Did she but, say exactly that? Yeah, I, I think I believe that she said something to that ex, ex, that I, effect. Yes, that's something I. I, would um, I, I would. I've, anyway. I've never thought I'd want to listen to Don Sarah's podcast, but you know what? No, I would. But um, she said something about you know I've paid a lot of money, and I believe she said something like ten thousand dollars to uh, to get these stories. And I started getting these emails from like these people who were like. Do you know somebody named Louisa? Because she says she's a journalist mm. and she messaged me to ask me if I have anything bad to say about you. Mm. And people actually sent me some of the emails. Um, and like in one case, the only interaction I'd ever had with this person, like we'd never met. The only interaction I'd ever had was she commented on a blog post. She claims like, that she interviewed you at one point, I believe. No, I mean the the person that she who I got this email from. Saying, oh, I apologize. I thought you meant Louisa. Yes, I apologize. Um, if it, Louisa has not interviewed me about any of this stuff, not this uh, stuff, she yeah. said that you guys had had an interaction, like whatever. Yeah, we, we've had a, we've had an interaction in person. We um, so so your your but, beef would be that Louisa was paid to do some labor. 
No, my beef was that Louisa was paid to construct a specific result, that she was not looking for what is Franklin like in person. Mm. She was looking for how can we cast the story so that it looks like Franklin has this long history of abusing people. Is it possible? Is it possible that even if Eve ultimately wanted some sort of result, is it possible that Louisa went in with, I'm going to just put these women's stories on here. And she also like, you know, did, yeah, go through a lot of your posts and she did find some things. Um, is it possible? I can't say what was on her mind. Right. If, well, you if, just, well, you just did. You said, yeah. you just said she's, you know, she's um, trying to get a particular result. So yes, that, that let is, me finish. Okay. Let me finish. I can't say what's on her mind, but I can say that if her overriding concern was to get as rigorous and accurate a story as she possibly could, mm -hmm. I believe that she would have gone about it differently. But we also can't say what's on her mind. I'm only repeating back what you just said. Yes. I'm trying to be fair here. I can't say what's on her mind. I can say that looking at her actions rather than her mind, mm -hmm. I believe that if her goal were journalistic integrity, her actions would probably be different. The f this this originated this line of thought originally from you asked me would it change my mind if I knew someone was paid to collect these stories, um, if no because if at the end of the day I believe this that there that these are multiple people not being paid to share their stories of their interactions with you then that doesn't really change much I did ask her some questions mm -hmm. I hit her up privately and I asked her things like um, you know did you find people who had uh, who didn't have bad things to say. Um, things like that. She's like, and she did admit that like those types of people were not um, including the blog because it was a survivor pod. And I was like, okay, well, that's how I know it's not journalism. But that doesn't mean that these stories aren't true. Like at the end of the day, it's like Eve, I believe, does not have the purest of intentions. I don't believe you got the purest. I, I think there's some shit going on with y'all. And like I said, child of divorced parents, I just choose to be skeptical of both sides. I think that's fair for me to do. Um, Louisa, I don't, I don't know her intentions. Um, she seemed to at minimum want to put these stories of these women out there. You know whose intentions I do believe? I do believe the intentions of the women who shared their stories. Uh, do I, you know, the, the, the extent to which I sympathize with the severity of things or that I agree that X, Y, or Z was as egregious varies from story to story and, and situation to situation. So like, you know, you yelling out on the phone, I, I'm like, that's, that happens sometimes. Other things made me, made me, you know, skeptical. It made me go like, take pause. There's a lot of times I was reading, actually, in fact, thinking about where do I do similar things in my relationships? What do, what, you know, um, what don't I do? What should I be looking out to make sure I don't do? Mm -hmm. You know, um, there's definitely a lot of that. But like I said, it, yeah, doesn't sure. it doesn't change anything that to know Luisa was paid because at the end of the day, I still believe the women whose stories were because there was audio. And so at a minimum, the, wim the women that where there's recorded audio, I go like, I can hear them. So I can at least work with that. That's why I tried my best driving nine hours up here to think about what if I take uh, what if I take Eve out of this? What if I take this out of this? And what if I just be like, there seems to be a pattern behavior from mm -hmm. a guy who wrote books suggesting a different pattern behavior. That's where I came from. It. That's what interested me in this. Uh huh. So that, that's that seems from. reasonable. 
Um, and I will say that it's also possible, like I said, you know, show me two sentences from the purest man and I'll find something in there to hang him. Sure. It is possible to construct patterns if that is your goal, whether mm-hmm. intentionally or not. Um, and like I said, I do believe that there are things that are in those stories that are just factually incorrect. Mm-hmm. They're demonstrably not true. Like, mm-hmm. as in not, you know, not, maybe not, not it rare. didn't happen that way, but no, it factually never happened. Mm-hmm. Um and one of those is actually Amber's story, and well, this I mean, was, and that sounds like something that might be more because, and that might be more appropriate for what you're planning to write. I, be, especially because Amber, read. I don't want to. I don't want to get in a situation of going through he said she said with with the women whose stories were they were sharing um, too deeply. So, and I and I could tell that there was a, a visceral reaction to Amber's in particular, and. That does sound like something you will get your chance to say as you were planning to share that. But that's a that's a hole I don't think I'm comfortable going down. If you can be okay with that. And I yeah, or well, minimum, it's, I mean it's your show. Sure, you sure. Can, I mean I, I I hope you can appreciate where I'm coming from. Yeah. Um, it's your show and that. you can totally shut me down if you want to. I don't I don't want to shut down, but, uh, but but Amber didn't hit you, right? But I will no Amber didn't <laughs> so, hit no, no, me. So I, but saying, I will actually but I will say uh-huh. There are things that she said that are factually demonstrably false, like and, no gray area, flat out false. And do you plan to be putting something out? Yes, about yes, that? I do. So, well, the weird, weird time to say, weird time to segue into plugs. But uh, I guess Franklin, if people do want to read that, uh, if people are want to follow you, if they are curious, where can they find you? Uh, tacit.livejournal.com. That's tacit. T a c i t. T a c i t dot live journal.com mm-hmm. all right man well you know i do appreciate you uh coming in i appreciate you chatting with me i appreciate that it's not the easiest thing to um go online and share at times where you you know where you could be better i do hope that all of this will inform your f- future you know your decisions both in relationships and online i hope it informs many people's future and decisions online absolutely yeah man well uh best of luck to you with the rest of this best of luck with the novels with your uh uh situationship Mm -hmm. friend uh that's a cute word i mean she she is lovely i may steal that term one day um and you know if you if you would you know what i would appreciate if you would say goodbye to everybody All right. Well, it's been interesting. (laughs) Goodbye, everyone. The Man Whore Podcast is sponsored by HotMovies.com. Try out some ethical paid-for porn for free with none of those hidden fees or secret subscriptions when you sign up at HotMovies.com and use the promo code MANWHORE. So that's my conversation with Franklin Vo, everybody. You know, you decide. You decide if you want to do a deep dive into all this stuff or not. I don't blame him if you don't want to. There's a fucking lot to read. <laughs> he just might be a really shitty partner. He also might not be. I don't know. I haven't dated the guy. But I'll tell you this. I probably won't. I want to clarify something that, you know, the money thing that came up. He, he seemed really fixated on the fact that, like, someone's being paid here. He mentions a, a $10,000 figure, and that's fair. You know, I, I, we should take a look at that. Um, the $10,000 number, by the way, came from an episode of Sex at Dawn. That's a D-A-W-N. Dawn, Sarah ain't a fan of me. You can take a look. 
no one, I, I reached out to Louisa's team, Louisa being the person who put together this big tome of the, you know, who did all the testimonial interviews, stuff like that. No one really knows where Dawn got that $10,000 figure. In our, in our conversation, Franklin says, Eve says that. Actually, it turns out Dawn said that, and no one really knows where it came from. But like, I did think it was important to like ask about the money. So I asked Louisa because, you know, you don't want um, it. W- it wouldn't be g- cool if, say, Eve was out there using these other women's stories to raise money via PayPal for like le- her legal proceedings with Franklin. Right. As far as that team can tell, Eve has gone zero of the dollars sent via PayPal and that the money being sent via PayPal uh, came out to like a little over $1,300. And most of that money was used for transcription costs, which look, transcription shit is not cheap. So I buy that. And apparently uh, Eve actually donated a hundred dollars of her own money to that PayPal. So as much as it might be exciting for Franklin to go money was involved. I don't know how real this is. You know, there, there really, there wasn't, but a fair concern to have. I took a look at it for you. Um, but ultimately, you know, that I said it in the intro, it's like, are we accepting the role as like a leader in polyamory or not? His core account that is incredibly active and popular it does still list under his name, co-author of more than two. Are you abdicating the role or not? I think that's a fair follow-up question I would ask Franklin if Franklin was in front of me right now. One of the reasons that I didn't want to get too much into the he said, she said, especially about like him and Eve is that like, you know what? Eve has posted her stuff and has shared a lot and continues to about like her experiences with Franklin. And Franklin has shared posts and things as well as written a whole book called the the game changer uh, of his story and his tale. And I didn't want to get into that. He said, she said, but it was more like, Hey dude, you're going to write something anyway. And he said, yeah. So I was like, all right, then how about people can go read that if they're, if they want to hear what you have to say about your relationship with Eve, but like, I'm not interested in getting into that. So I have a link in the show notes to a, a, a live journal post called breaking my silence. And you can read that as part of what you want to take in or not. Last week in the show notes, I had links to, you know, Louisa's, I guess we'll call it a blog for lack of a better term. As And and that blog has the links to literally everything you could ever want to read about this. I hope, uh, I hope these, uh, I hope, th- I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Franklin. I mean, like enjoyed a, a loose usage of the term. You know what? I hope you were intrigued by and captivated by my conversation with Franklin Bo. I know I was as as tiring as it was at times. I was like I'm interested. At first I was interested at his fall from grace as an influential community leader in polyamory. And then while talking to him I was captivated by his dancing and his deflecting and his not taking responsibility for really much of anything significant as always i would love to hear your responses i would love to hear your thoughts the email addy is manhorpod at gmail.com i'm willing to try a little something gonna lift this from uh, mr dan savage over there if you want to leave audio feedback 
Record something with your voice memo app on your phone and email me that file and uh, you may just hear your own voice on this show. If you were just coming here for Franklin, you're not normally a fan of me. Maybe you don't always listen to the pod. I do hope you'll follow me on the socials. Uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram. I do the things. Just search Billy Presida. I pop right up. If you want to help yourself to some Man Whore merch, head on over to the Man Whore Podcast Facebook fan page. Smash that like button. Load up your cart. This is the last time I'm going to say this, but um, if you need a discount on some comfy undies, head on over to TopicWear.com and use promo code MANHOR for 20% off. That's Topic, T-O-P-I-K, W-E-A-R.com. Use promo code MANHOR. I think I've said enough words into this thing. I hope you all enjoy yourselves. I hope you're being safe. Wear your fucking mask. I don't care how uncomfortable it is. I've been running outside in New York City in like 85 degree weather with a fucking mask on for like 20 to 30 minutes at a time. You can do it too. I love you all. Stay slutty.